Blog Talk Radio. My diehard sports fans, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to the Neek and Chuck Pro Football Talk Show. I am the player, my main man, Mr. C, better known as the Scholar. And folks, we want to apologize for last week. Um, you know, we didn't get to do the show last week, and I know some of you guys were like, what happened to Maurice, man? What happened to Big Mo? We waiting to hear from Big Mo, man. We had a little schedule conflict, but Mo will be on our show in the near future. Um, Maurice Mo is the uh, Oakland Raiders beat writer for Bleacher Report. And so, yeah, I was looking forward to uh, doing the show with him. But we'll be linking up again uh, in the near future. So, fans, be on the lookout for that. But on that note, we got a short show tonight. Uh, Tonight's show, we're going to get into these NFL news. And then, Nick and Chuck, fans, we're going to give our own personal reasons why we love the game of football. We're going to tell you some funny stories on that. But with that being said, it's me, my man, man, Mr. C. What's going on, man? How you doing out there on that beautiful West Coast of California? I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good. Neek, sound like you in the bathtub, but it's all good. But you know what, Neek? When we have Mo on, we need to get. You remember that movie in the early '90s? That Mo Money movie with uh, mm-hmm. who's that? With Damon Wayans and, yep. and and back with Stacey Dash when she was black. Yeah, dude. Yep. Come on, we need to get that more money, more money, more. That needs to be our intro, our, our yep. theme song for that day, dude. Cause you know, cause you know how we do, man. We do like the, we do it like the professional wrestlers, man. We gotta have our intro song, you know, just like on "I'm Gonna Get You Sucker." We gotta have our intro. We gotta have our theme music. So we gotta get most some theme music. Yeah, yeah, we definitely will, man. Uh, so. That being said, man, I can't believe you said when Stacey Dash was black. But I was going to add in to that, man. Black and beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Stacey Dash. Ooh, back up early now. Ah, yeah, she's still, she's still cute. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That's my bad station, man. My bad station. Because the reason I was thinking, saying that, man, because I was thinking about Lark Voorhees. I forgot Lark Voorhees was so bad back <laughs> in the night that she turned around and bleached herself. Yeah, my bad. I couldn't believe I had Lark Voorhees. Stacy Dash mixed up, man. Damn, Stacy Dash. Whew. Oh man. Ah, yeah, that's that's a critical error right there, Nick. That's that. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a bad one right there. Lark yeah, Boy, Stacy nah. Dash. Yeah, come yeah. on. Yeah, I, I know, man. Lisa I know, Turtle. Man. Damn, come on. Damn, Chuck. See, now I got now I got to get off this show and watch more money, man. Then I have to watch more down dirty sand. See my girl Sally Richardson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah, beautiful woman from the nineties, the natural sister. Oh, man, I miss those days. Yeah, that, anyway, that young generation, that young generation don't know about them, don't know about that, that natural beauty. Yeah, yeah, that natural beauty, man. See how, oh, man, let me stop. All right, anyway, let's, let's move on. So anyway, we got some NFL news uh, that's been happening the last couple of days. Actually, it's been with the team that I predict this upcoming season. Probably going to have the worst record in the NFL. Jet, 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 jet. But before I do get into the Jets, man, there was some breaking news that actually was some shocking news coming out of the college football 
world uh, with Oklahoma Sooners, that legendary head football coach Bob Stoops, out of nowhere, announced he's retiring immediately, and which was kind of shocking, man, because at the age of 56, I was thinking, is it like a personal scandal going on in Oklahoma, something behind the scenes? Um, I haven't heard. Only Bob Stoops knows about it. He's trying to just hurry up and resign real quick, you know what I'm saying, before it comes out. But actually, <laughs> Bob Stoops came out and made the statement and addressed the media saying that he wants to live his life, you know, because, um, you know, coaching football, I've been a uh, football coach. It takes its toll on you, man, especially for the college football game at a big institution like Oklahoma, um, University of Oklahoma. It would definitely take a toll on you. You don't have much life. So, like I said, I don't know much about his family background, you know, um, he has, uh, you know, children or anything like that. But I understand, man. Bob, I understand. Big up to you for uh, realizing that it's time to step away right now. But look, before I before I continue to focus on that, man, I, I actually just want to touch on what Bob Stoops was known for at Oklahoma. I mean, he won 10 Big 12 titles and one national championship, which was a long time ago because Oklahoma last <laughs> decade, man, you know, they – it's been a little all hype, man, but you know, just can't get it done. But, you know, he finished with a hundred and ninety and forty-eight record at Oklahoma and he is Oklahoma all time winning coach. And this is crazy, man. Listen to this stat right here. He only lost nine home games in eighteen years. Let me say that again. Nine home games in eighteen years. That's crazy, man. That is crazy. Mm. That is crazy. That's crazy. So that just goes to show me Bob Stoops, he knows how to coach, especially he knows how to coach at New York, Oklahoma. And with him stepping down, um, he's handed the reins over to the young Lincoln Riley, who's going to be taking over, uh, being the first-time head coach at the young age of 33. But the crazy thing about Lincoln Riley is that he's been an assistant coach for 15 years already. So this guy's been assistant coach since since he came out of high school, which is just crazy. So 15 years as an assistant at the age 33. I mean, he's coached under Stoops, uh, also under Ruffin McNeil at ECU and under Mike Leach at Washington State. So, hey, Oklahoma, they want to keep him in the family. I don't know much about this guy, Bob Stoops. You know, he gave a stamp of approval to the university. So let's go ahead and go with the young guy. He's going to turn his program around. We, I mean, actually, you know, uh, keep the train rolling and moving. So, it's going to be interesting to see what the young Lincoln Riley can do in this Big 12 because this Oklahoma team coming to the season, they are loaded. You know, Baker Mayfield is back. Uh, we're going to have to see what he's going to do this year. Um, I don't know what his uh, pro future is looking like, but this Oklahoma team should make noise in the Big 12 conference. Chuck, man, you want to add, something, add a little bit to Bob Stoops, man? Yeah, he'll be back. He'll be back. He's only what fifty six years old, and he mm-hmm. he'll be yep. back. He'll be back. He just needs a he just needs a little break right now. I mean, he's he's been at Oklahoma for what like seventeen years. Eighteen. Uh, you already, yeah, and say eighteen years. So you know, I mean, coaching, especially at that at that elite level, it takes your toll on you. You know, I mean, you know, they haven't really done anything in years. You know, but he's still is getting talent, you know, he's still getting talent, but I think he just needed a break, and the same thing happened to Urban Meyer, you know, I think Urban Meyer was uh, a, a little younger at the time, like his late 40s or something like that, but uh, Bob Sue was only 56 years old, man, like, 
he, he's going to be back. Watch, he's going to take off a couple of years. He's going to go up in that booth and, and, uh, and start announcing those games. And he's going to miss that competition. And he's going to get an offer, you know, from, a, you know, an offer he can't refuse in a couple of years, you know, from maybe – I ain't going to say Notre Dame because I think Notre Dame job might be available next year. So I don't think Bob Stoops will be uh, ready to come back just, just yet then. But uh, he'll be back. Bob Stoops will be back. And then just to go off on a tangent like I normally do, guess where Bob Stoops is from? Where he was born? He, guess where he's from? Where he born? He's born in Youngstown, Ohio. Oh! So that, so that, that just continues to add well, we say from time to time on this show that Ohio is the heart of football. Yes, yeah. you down in Texas, and Texas is, I mean, they're crazy. They love their football in Texas. Ain't no state in this union crazier about football than Texas is. I, I you know, I can't, I can't deny that. Got to give them their props. But football was born, the heart of football is in Ohio. Check this out, Real quick, neat. Just some of the coaches, outstanding coaches that were bo- that was born in Ohio. I'm not even gonna get into coaches that coached the school in Ohio, especially like Ohio State, UC, uh, Toledo, all the other schools. I ain't even gonna touch on those. I'm just gonna talk, give you the coaches that were actually born in Ohio. We already know uh, Bob Stoops. Born in Ohio, Paul Brown, who is pretty much the father of modern football. We know he, you know, he, he started the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals, and he's developed uh, the game, the things that they still use in the game today. Uh, both John and Jim Harbaugh are from Toledo, Ohio. They were born there. Mike Stoops, Bob Stoops' brother, uh, you know, he's the coach of Arizona. He was born, obviously, in Youngstown. Bo Beckler was born in Akron, Ohio. Everybody, if you're a Michigan fan, Big Ten fan, you know about Bo Beckler. Michigan want to claim him, but guess what? He was born in Ohio. And just a side note, Michigan fans, y'all do know Charles Wilson was born in Ohio too. But anyway, y'all, y'all greatest player. But that's that's an argument for another show. I forgot about time break. But anyway, we'll say that for another show. Chuck Noll was born in Cleveland, Ohio. Think about that, Nick. Chuck Noll. Who mm-hmm. uh, wrecked the Cleveland Browns year was born in Cleveland, Ohio. Don Shula was born in Grand River, Ohio, but he grew Damn. up in but he grew up in Cleveland. John Gruden and Jay Gruden was born in Sandusky, Ohio. Uh, <coughs> Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer was born in Ashtabula, Ohio, the current Ohio State coach. And the list just goes on and on. We only had 30 minutes, but it's just more proof, man. The soul, the heart of football at every level is in Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely is. I mean, you know, me and you, we grew up in Ohio. I mean, that's our home state, man. You know, we, we'll never forget where we came from. And also, I just got throw this in there because I'm from Dayton, Ohio. But I know he wasn't a coach. But the Sheen family, Martin Sheen, who went to my high school where I graduated from, uh, I know Charlie and uh, Mila Estevez, they didn't go to high school because he uh, moved out to California. But I just had to throw it out there, man. I mean, it's a lot of famous people came out of Ohio as far as athletes, coaches, actors, actresses, politicians, 
don't sleep on our state of Ohio. Big up, big love to the, our state of Ohio. Yo. All right. Oh, and real Let's, and real quick. And real quick. I left out two big names. Les Miles was also born in Ohio and oh. Dom Capers. And oh. Dom Capers. Oh. Come on. Damn. Come on. Mm. Ohio yeah. stand up. Even though we gonna, you know, Cleveland gonna get their ass with tonight basketball, but that's neither here. Ohio stand up, be proud that we are the heart and soul of football. That's why we love football so much, and it's actually connected to what we're gonna talk about later in the show. Because Nick, both Nick and I are gonna give the reasons why we love football, and it, and one of the reasons right now, Nick, I say it's just in our blood. You know, I just read yeah. the list of, uh, of some of the best coaches in the game. Uh, who was just born in Ohio, nonetheless, just worked there or anything like that. So, anyway, Nick, that's my little rant. You know what's crazy is, just think about the next couple of years, as far as the vacant uh, head college football coaching jobs. Just think about the coaches that are out there. We're talking about Chip Kelly is on the market, Bob Stoops is on the market, and Les Miles. Wow. <laughs> what they like, wow. So just imagine if Bush Jones, you know, if, if Bush Jones doesn't get it together and struggles at Tennessee, we know what's going to happen to him. He's going to. He got dropped off. That's what's going to happen. And if uh, your boy um, uh, Brian Kelly doesn't get the job done in Notre Dame, he's going to get dropped off his way. <laughs> so there's going to be some good positions. I mean, I'm talking about far as head coaching positions at some prominent universities that any one of these three guys, they'll be a perfect candidate for those jobs, you know? So I just want to throw that out there. And that's the thing about coaching. It's got to be a right fit, especially for these guys who've been coaches for years. It's about that fit. These guys should be going for that fit. They should not be jumping for the money because these guys have made enough money. Well, hopefully, you know, they should be financially secure for a lifetime. But, um, you know, it's got to be that right fit for these guys at this stage in the career. All right, let's get into this NFL news. Jets, like I said, start the show. It's rebuilding, man. This team is tanking. I mean, I understand the general manager, the head coach, they all came out and said, you know, today, nah, 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 we're not tanking on purpose. Nah, that's, that's not our plan. I mean, that's, that's a smart thing to say. I mean, to say, you know, you can't just come out in the media and say, oh, we're taking some good because your ass is going to get fired the next day. All right. But this team is going to be terrible. This team will probably be the worst team in the NFL um, this season. Um, you know, you got the McCown boy, Joshua McCown, is going to be a starter, which it just doesn't make sense. They need to hand the keys over to uh, Hackenberg because right now they're talking about McCown as the starter right now. I mean, we already know what, what the McCown boy can do. Um, he's pretty much back up at this point in his career. I mean, and, you know, at the running back position, you know, you got Forte, and, you know, Forte's getting up in age, and, and then the receiving cores, you let Brandon Marshall go, and then today he announced cut wide receiver Eric Decker, who is pretty much going to be the known wide receiver on this team. So I'm just looking at this offense like, man, it is very bleak. And then offensive line, you get rid of Mango. I mean, then you bring in Chuck's favorite boy, who he can't stand. You're going to bring in that Beecham boy. And we we already know what's going. He's gonna be doing this year. He's gonna be getting pancakes and be putting on his ass quite a bit this year. So I'm just looking like man, and then the stress of the defense, which is that defensive line. You know they're going. They're still talking about trying to move on from Shelton Richardson, and then their best linebacker they just cut yesterday. You know um, it just doesn't make sense. They cut David Harris. 
I mean, you know, you refuse to pay your best linebacker who's been the hardest of your defense for the past 10 years, and he still played at a high level. I mean, this guy averaged, you know, I mean, averages of over his 10-year career almost 100 tackles per season. Last season, he had 95 tackles, so if you want to say, oh, you know, he's declining due to his age. I mean, hell, 95 tackles is still good, man. But this guy's the hardest of your defense. Um, he's been durable, consistent, player maker for you guys on the defensive side of the ball for 10 years. And you refuse to pay this man $6.5 million when you are hurting for leadership, veteran leadership. We're talking about veteran good quality leadership coming from a hard-nosed player. And you don't want to pay this man $6.5 million and you're going to go ahead and cut him? Man, that's dead wrong how they did David Harris. But we all know the NFL is a cutthroat business. So I'm just saying, man, I'm looking at this Jets team, man. They're they going to be terrible. I mean, I know Decker missed 13 games in 2016 last season, but in 2015, he had 80 catches, 12 touchdowns, and then 2014, 74 catches, 9 two yards, and five touchdowns. So, when he's healthy, when he's healthy, he can ball. He, he can be a playmaker. He can be a number one wide receiver. I know a lot of, a lot of um, people probably say, nah, he's not number one, but on some teams, he actually could be a number one wide receiver. But with that being said, man, it's going to be a rough year for the Jets. And, uh, man, I, I don't know if the team is going to get one victory, man. They might have a good shot to go on 16 this year. Yeah, I mean, the New York Jets have been on a, a consistent downslide ever since Mike Tenenbaum became <laughs> the GL in 2006. And I know Mike Tenenbaum is not there anymore. He's down in Miami with, with Miami Dolphins, and – He's doing some things. He's doing some good things, and he's doing some bad things with the Dolphins. But let's go. But we're talking about the Jets here. They've been on a constant downhill slide uh, since he's been there, and it's just getting worse and worse. And this is the result of years and years of terrible drafting, terrible personnel decisions. I mean, as we always say on this show, Neek, you build your team through what? The draft. The draft. Just check out some highlights. From the from the New York uh, from the New York Jets past drafts, D Milner, first round they spent a first round pick on D Milner. That bum, <clears throat> three picks in three years, free agent. Sheldon Richardson they took in that first draft. Sheldon Richardson flashed some potential, but for whatever reason it didn't pan out, and uh, he's still on the roster. But they're trying to get you know trying to get rid of him. Geno Smith. We all know. Just go back, go back and listen to the tape, and y'all, and y'all, and y'all see how we feel about Geno Smith. Uh, Brian Winters, okay, serviceable, but you could have done better. And that's just some of the highlights of the poor drafting, poor personnel decisions they've been making. And now it just seems like they just threw up their hands, and they just they basically gonna start from zero. <laughs> you know, they basically went back to the finish line and said. You know what? Let's just start from scratch. Uh, they might have been influenced by what the Browns were doing, but I think the Browns had a more focused approach, uh, and which they ex- ex- executed this year in terms of the draft and the offseason moves to get rid of all that money. And so maybe that inspired to just like, oh, let's do what the Browns did. Let's just get rid of all all our players, uh, you know, all our high-paid players, uh, and let's build up our cap, you know, our room in the cap. And let's just start over, and that's what they're gonna do. The Browns did that, and last year, as a result, they went what one and fifteen. So you're right, uh-huh. Jets. Jets probably gonna be one and fifteen. I would love to see them go zero and sixteen, 
like I was cheering for the Browns to go 0 16 last year. But going 0 16 is a damn hard thing to do. Just as the Detroit Lions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's true. I mean, Chuck, man, like you just said, that 2013 draft, <laughs> that 2012, 2014, woo, man. Uh, and like I said, man, I got to put the blame on. I, I, I hear people want to criticize Ryan, you know, Rex Ryan, but a lot of this blame goes on Mike Tenenbaum, man. I mean, he's that's the one what I've been saying. Person. Yeah, he's the one that makes that personal decisions, man. And you take Calvin Pryor, you know what I'm saying? This dude already just got traded to the Browns. Three years and done. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty bad. But anyway, let's move on. The Chiefs made some big, actually shocking news for me. They cut uh, wide receiver Jeremy Macklin. Now, I understand, you got to understand, fans, that the Chiefs offense, is nothing pretty about their offense. You know, I mean, they got a couple speeds of guys like Macklin Hill that can get down the field, but there's nothing sexy about the Rockets. You ain't going to expect five, 600 uh, 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 offensive attack uh, yard for wise each game. You're not going to expect that out of this offense. Now, it's just going to be, um, you know, 12, 13 play drive, a couple bubble screens, a couple little drags, maybe a little cross by the tight end by Kelsey, and, and you know, a few counter runs. That, that's, that's all the Chiefs offense is, but it's shocking, man. When I saw this move, when I saw this news of Macklin getting cut, I said, it's got to be a financial situation. It has to be. It's always about the money. Anyone pay this guy's money. But Macklin did have 44 catches for 536 yards and two touchdowns. But the team, he had 87 catches over 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns. So when I look at this Chiefs receiving core, I mean, let's look at the depth chart. You cut Macklin because you really believe in Tyreek Hill. But you got to understand, Andy Reid, that teams know that Tyreek Hill is the number one weapon at the receiving position, you know? And that's a lot to ask for for this young guy who only had 61 catches last year. They really become a household name in the NFL until, what, about the fifth or sixth week of the season, you know? So mm-hmm. I'm just saying, man, they're putting a little too much faith in this guy, Hill. And then I look at the rest of the receiving core, Chris Conley, number two receiving 44 catches last year, zero touchdowns. So he can move the chain, but he can't get in the end zone. <laughs> and then, you know, number third, uh, uh, the slot position, got Albert Wilson, 31 catches, and then that, which stands for De'Anthony Thomas, seven catches. And then they drafted um, the wide receiver from Michigan, J.C. Chester. So that being said, Andy Reid, why? I mean, where's the veteran re- leadership coming from at this position? I mean, Macklin, yeah, like I said, he put up big numbers, but, I mean, th- this offense doesn't really scare anybody. I mean, you know, it's a lot of – you put a lot of pressure on Hill, man. You just better hope he steps up and produces. Yeah, like, to be quite honest, the Chiefs might have had one of the worst off-seasons I've seen uh, this year. I mean, uh, we talked about – the, we just talked about the Jets. But the Chiefs, uh, we already talked about what happened in the draft. But that pick of Patrick Mahomes and, and trading those draft picks to move up to get that guy – I understand if you want the okay, you, you're drafting him for your future because you think he's the next whomever. But how does that help you this coming season? It don't mm. at all. And getting rid of Jeremy Macklin doesn't help you at all. Like Tyreek Hill, yeah, he uh, you know, he did some things, you know, he was impressive last year. Sixty one catches, five hundred and ninety, you know, five hundred and ninety three yards, six touchdowns, plus what he gives you on special teams. But 
So, so, oh. so hold on, hold on, hold on, Chuck. Let me, let me, let me, let me pause right there. Time out real quick. So, he had six touchdowns, right? And you right. just said a lot of stuff that he does comes from what? Special teams, Special teams. and also mm-hmm. on gimmick plays. So, my right. question is, Chuck, to the fans and to the Chiefs fans and to this organization is, where is this production going to be coming from? From this receiver calling Tyreek Hill. I mean, because mm-hmm. he didn't do much from that wide receiver position just as a pure catcher. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know who Tyreek Hill reminds me of? Devin Hester. Yep. Devin Hester. Like, uh, maybe he'll be a better receiver than Devin Hester was in terms of, uh, you know, being able to put up better, uh, you know, putting up better numbers. But his numbers last year, yes, yeah, his rookie year, uh, or was Devin Hester tight? Where Devin Hester is a potential Hall of Famer, he should be in a Hall of Fame, was what he did on special teams. Uh, but I'm not going to – but Devin Hester was not a number one wide receiver. He's not a number two wide receiver. He wasn't even a number three wide receiver. You're asking this dude, Tyreek Hill, to be your number one, basically your number one wide receiver. And, I, I, yeah, like, I, I don't see it, bro. Like, it almost seems like – it almost seems like the Chiefs are doing what the Jets doing, like they're building for the future. And they went 12-4 and four last year. They went 6-0 nah. in the AFC West. And as we talked about, the AFC West is coming on strong. I mean, them Raiders going to be monstrous. Uh, we already know what the Broncos do. And then the, the Chargers, like, you can't be fooling around in the AFC West. And right now, the, the Chiefs is, is fooling around. They, they pussyfooting out there in the West. And I just don't understand it. And I like Andy Reid. And I'm not going to say he's up here doing some type of genius move because I said that nonsense when Chip Kelly was doing that foolishness he was doing a few years ago. And where's Chip Kelly at now? Unemployed. You know, so Andy Reid, I love you, but this is straight foolishness, man. You, but, you have but, but see, here's what it is, Chuck. Andy Reid is so confident in himself, not only as a coach, but an offensive, uh, you know, caller, that he feels like we don't need much to be great. Look how far we went. You know, we have one of the best defenses in football, which is true. They have one of the best playmaking corners and safety, Marcus Peters, and, you know, your boy um, Eric Berry. And then the linebacking core, they have pieces there. But that defensive line, you know, with your boy Justin Houston, and now they got Denny Logan coming in there, filling in for Don Terry Poe. So Reed is like, you know what? I'm not worried because we're going to keep it a low-scoring game. You know it's tough to beat us in our building. You already know how loud it gets in our building. And we're going to come after you. We're going to beat you up on that defense side of the ball. Offensively, we got a great scout young offensive line. We have a couple good running backs. So we're set there. And Alex Smith, all I ask Alex Smith to do is what? Manage the game and don't turn the ball over. So when you look at Alex Smith's stats, 19 uh, 19 or 20 touchdown passes on the season, plus six interceptions. Alex Smith, does he throw for 4,000 yards? No, he only throws for about 3,200 yards. But with me, Andy Reid, I'm okay with that. So, hey, that's what I just think, man, Andy Reid's approach is to all this, Chuck. And, I mean, I'm sure he's listening. He's hearing you right now saying, all right, I hear you, Chuck, man. But that's why I'm looking at it. That's the way he's looking. And I can't knock it, man, because, like I said, I'm a Raiders fan. We play them Chiefs. The Chiefs will give you hell, man. You end up you in a sixty minute fight when you play this Chiefs uh, team, man. Defensive side of the ball, they're gonna bring offensively. Hey, they got some. I mean, I can't say they got a lot of pieces, but 
it's not pretty, man. They they just they just hang in. <laughs> right, but all I know, it's hard to win in this league, and you won 12 games last year, and you did nothing this offseason to improve on that, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. I mean, you go out and get Patrick Mahomes, you know, and, and, and I understand where you're coming from, Chuck, because they're looking at him for the future. They're also looking at him maybe, you know, to start next year for Alex Smith because he's probably Alex Smith last season. But that doesn't but help them I, this year. I, I understand I, I understand that, Chuck, man. I understand. I totally all right, that's enough about, all right, that's enough about the Chiefs. We only got like 90 seconds left, Neek, so. All right, so do we want to tell them our story, man? You think you got enough time man, to tell a little story? Or should we just nah, we, we have to say that for a future episode. Just so the fans know, you know, Neek and I, we, since it's the off season, ain't nothing on but some punk-ass basketball. I know some of y'all <laughs> probably watching the finals right now. Uh, you know, we – we're coming up with things to talk about because we could talk about politics, but that's not us. And plus, politics is on TV every damn day anyway. So that's not us. So you know what we do? We always try to do something a little different. So, you know, for the one of the future episodes, Nick and I are going to share the reason why we love football so much. Why we love just uh, bringing home, you know, bringing home the groceries and, and cooking and, and bringing roses to the feet and bringing roses and bringing dinner to football because we love it so much and kissing it all on the neck. Mm-hmm. We love you so much uh-huh. football. So, so next week or, you know, one of the future weeks, we're going to talk about why we love this game so much. All right. And on that note, man, I just got to add this. I love bringing home the girls. You know why? Make you feel like a man. Make you feel good. <laughs> Santa Claus. Make you feel like Santa Claus. Yeah. yeah. All right, fans. On that note, we'll see you guys next week. Miss the show live. Always go to iTunes. Look for the new Chuck Cole Football Talk Show. See you guys next week.